Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host this evening, Will Pinter, and joining me this evening is the velvety Irish-toned Colin Brown. I never know how to respond when people call me that. <laughs> what do you possibly say? Anyway, hello there, everybody. You say you say thank you. <laughs> Somehow for me it doesn't feel like a compliment. I don't know. Irish James Bond. <laughs> um, Moving swiftly on. <laughs> so um we've got uh, a couple of um topics to cover uh on this latest episode. Um one of them being uh the leagues. Um so we run a league at the uh, Element Games in Stockport with the Sift Takers. And it's not just open to Sift Takers, it's open to everybody. Um, but Colin is actually our commissioner um, for that league. So, Colin, how how hard is it to run the league? How How is it to get into and actually on a weekly basis running it and getting it all set up? Um, it's not too bad, to be honest. So there's a few different ways you can run a league. Um, so, for example, in certain places, they will just have fixtures, say. So, for example, Will, if you or I were in the same league, someone would say, all right, on Wednesday, the 6th of November, you two play. And then that's where you get it done. But that's not how we do it. We just have uh, a set period of weeks that depends on how many people sign up. Usually it's about eight to ten weeks. And we just say, all right, everyone in your league, play them before this date. Um, so that takes out a lot of the admin. Uh, and kind of makes it a bit easier for everyone to play everyone, you know, whenever's easiest. And then in terms of difficulty, when we first started, one of the hardest parts was uh, kind of the admin around it. So like keeping track of scores, um, who was winning the league tables and stuff. And we used to just have a Facebook group where people would, you know, each each week we'd start a thread and go, all right, post your results for this week here. And then I'd go and just manually take those out of Facebook and put them into a spreadsheet we had uh, to keep things updated. But as we've gone on, we've kind of gotten more efficient with it. So now we have a, a Google form where people can go in and, you know, put in the results, who they were playing and what for, et cetera. And then each week I can just take that form, take all the results out, paste it into a spreadsheet that uh, updates automatically. So really the um, the admin part of it is down to just five minutes now a week for me, which is, which is great. Pretty sweet. Yeah. And um, so, Although it's competitive, uh, because obviously the word league suggests uh, competition, um, do, do you find it still brings in more players, though, more people in? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had a lot of people kind of come into the local community as, as a part of the league. It gives a, a, a bit of a kickstart. And it also kind of gives us a bit of a, a reason to give the community a push. So we'll be at just around element games, you know, we'll be trying to advertise X-Wing to people who aren't ordinarily playing it and so on. And it'll bring in people who are curious about it and see, oh, this is a good excuse. So we have had quite a few people, you know, join in the community as, as and travel, you know, a little bit to be part of it. Those people don't always tend to stick, you know. We've had some people come, we've done a league season and gone, okay, that was enough for me. And then they move on. But it has definitely done a good job of, of getting people involved. It's also a great way for like newer players like Will. I think we had a league soon after you started playing and it was just a great way for you to like just get games in. 
It was literally the week after, yeah. So uh, I had my first Tuesday and then you started the league the week after and that's how I got into it. So I loved it, you know. I really enjoyed it. So, I, in fact, yeah. In fact, no. I, um, I started the league. I joined the league uh, my first night. Actually, I played my first game of X-Wing as a league game against one of the lads just for the crack. What so, a brave man. <laughs> Sam Page. <laughs> I beat him 200 nil, incidentally. <laughs> First ever game of X-Wing, and that's when I loved it. And then I got Tom Reed later on, uh, game three. So that was really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, and I still played, yeah, <laughs> despite I played against Tom Reed. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really thought it was fun. Um, I found the league format. It, it got me to get to know more people as well. And when, obviously, we, we rejigged the league recently, but when when at the time it was quite good because I came in at the bottom league and then I was getting to know more players of a similar standard to me, seeing as I was just getting into it. Not all similar standards, some were better, some, you know, but what I mean is it was all like I wasn't getting thrown in at the deep end early on the way you'd set it up. So it was, I really enjoyed it and I, it gave me the experience to become a better player realistically. Mm. Um, yeah, so you've touched a bit on the format there. So yeah. because we have quite a few players in the league, like, tends to get up to about you know 35 40 players that's way too many to just have a single division like if you had everyone playing everyone once and you gave it a week to do it like it would just be an unrealistically long thing and everyone would just get very bored by the end so what we do is we split it into divisions um so you'll go each player will go into a division with say nine other players is about what we aim for yeah um and when we first did that it was just completely random so just split players up randomly. And then after that first season, the people who finished at the top of their divisions like went into the high division. And then people in the middle stayed in the middle. And the people at the bottom kind of went down into the bottom division. So we have three. Um, and now each season you have a competition for promotion into the uh, division above you and to avoid relegation down beneath you, which which adds a lot into it. A lot of people like, it's always really great as well when you get, towards the end of the league and you'll be like oh Dan's playing so he doesn't get relegated and it you know it builds a bit of excitement about better game it's cool <laughs> and not, not to brag I got I, I won my league first season just saying <laughs> just just asking though what list were you flying <laughs> it wasn't Ghost Fen it was Ghost Lowrick ah uh, truly I, wholesome and I, I very much off, requiring skill I, I started like. off with Ray Poe though so there we go. I went Ray Poe. And you thought this is too hard. And then went Ghost Low Rick. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, obviously, do, do you want to tell people about the like the casual bit as well we've got? The uh, the Cantina Brawl that we do as well? Yeah, the Cantina Brawl is, the, uh, is like the fourth division that is separate from those three tiered ones I just talked about. Uh, so those three tiered ones, just we have to give a shout out to, to Cargo 2. It's what those divisions are called, the Cargo 2 Stockport Super League. And they Cargo 2 provide us with prize support, just, you know, participation prizes for everyone every season, which is just great. It's it's really helped the league for them to, like, and the community for them to come and say, here, have some of this. Uh, so big shout out to them. But the other one, the fourth one, the Cantina Brawl, is we just cram everyone into the same league. Uh, and it's just whoever wins, like, 
is the person who basically plays the most games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're trying like the other ones are like somewhat competitive. You know, you try and take it a bit seriously. You try and play everything and play everyone. But in these, in this fourth one, it is just a complete free for all. You can play someone multiple times, and it's just basically the person who wins every season since we've had it has been the person who's played the most games and you get crazy stuff like you get Richard Polly driving to your house in the middle of the week going I'm going to play you <laughs> no one no one wants him driving to your house no not at all <laughs> um, so with, with that um, obviously we said about the competitive and bringing more play, players in do you, do you think it brings the community together do you think it brings the, the local scene together a bit more yeah, I think so. Just because you get to play people, you know, you're not you're not familiar with. Like, it's quite easy. Like, it's a small community. And we're all friendly, but it's still easy. I think when you, especially when you're new, to fall into thing. Oh, I'll just keep going up to the guys I know and saying, "How are you? Do you want a game?" Um, but the league kind of forces you into now. You've got to play someone you don't know so well. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think it's just everyone knows each other a bit a bit better. So, if anyone is in the local area um, in and around the, the northwest and wants to get involved in our league we are um, starting up um, again in the next couple of weeks Colm yeah yeah so I think a time of recording or this web episode will be going up on the 4th of November so say a week after this episode goes up we'll still be accepting sign-ups for the league um, so yeah get in touch if you want to get involved we'll, I'll give you as much help as you need and just for the record, I'm in the bottom league because I played zero, not many games last last season. <laughs> Too busy concentrating on other stuff. Um, so, um, well, that that's it from the league. Um, what well, what we can talk about now is um, Portsmouth Hyperspace. Um, they had a hyperspace at a fistful of dice. Um, Quite a few, 28 players in total from um, List Fortress that I've seen. Um, Colm, anything stand out to you at all from from the hyperspace? Uh, yeah, there's one list that stands out to me immediately. Um, flown by both Cormac Higgins and Dale Cromwell. Cormac topped Swiss with us. And yeah. then Dale obviously didn't top Swiss, but he made it into the final, ultimately losing. Um but it's a very cool list. So it is DBS 404 with advanced proton torps, afterburners, and landing struts. Uh, a Petranki or a Petraniki Arena Ace with ensnare, Chertek with ensnare, and then Grievous with impervium plating, Solus One, and outmaneuver. Uh, I think that's just a super cool list. I know you've flown a bit of the um, the new CIS stuff since that wave came out, Will. So what what do you make of it? And um, I love it. Um... I flew something very similar, um, which one of our old episodes, the night the Nantecs came out. Um, I But I didn't have two of the Nantecs at the time. I only had one because I didn't want to buy two because I, I thought I'd give everyone else in the club a chance to actually buy them as well. Um, so, and then, but later on, on the, the following Tuesday, I played something very similar to this list without um, the afterburners on DBS. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good list. It's really interesting. There's a great game with um, XY who took this list to Worlds. Um, I think it's his top 16 game. 
Um, or I think it is. I'm not not 100%, but he's got a few games with it on uh, the Gold Squadron from Worlds. And, yeah, it's a great list. You can see him flying it. All the I-4s make it really easy for you. So you're not worrying about forgetting triggers at different uh, initiative values and things like that. Um, you know, DBS 404, uh, suicide, <laughs> suicide bot, as I call him, because... <laughs> He just comes into range one, blitzes you, but then has to like crit himself as well. Grievous, we all know on everyone who listens to the podcast knows how much I love Grievous. Uh, Chertek, big fan of the Nantex, <laughs> you know, controversially, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, the pra- Penetraki Ace, um, again, it's a really good ship, I4, but with that, definitely Chertek. Why would you not take Chertek for a point more as well? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think it's a great list all the way around. Gives you lots of options, all being at I4. Um, does suffer a bit uh, against some ace lists, um, just because they can out-PS you, uh, or out-initiative you and dodge some of you, dodge quite a few of your arcs if need be. Um, you've got to be really good at setting kill boxes up and things like that. Uh, and yeah. I can see the... Um, I can't remember what the bloody ship is called. The Nantex. I can... Um, I can see the Nantex. Say, say if you take uh, Ollie Pocknell's list that he won Worlds with. So you've got Vader doing a crit. You've got Whisper doing a crit. You know, yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna put some pain onto onto an Nantex. Quite probably killing one. I think before it shoots with that yeah. list. And and you can art dodge him quite easily. You know. So um, although I am to hold on, I have to keep in mind that it is hyperspace. So you're not going to have Whisper there. No, uh, true. Yeah. But just generally, yeah. But just generally, yeah. Higher PS, you know, um, can dodge this list. Um, so, but yeah, it's a great list. Uh, 404 with advanced, advanced proton torps and afterburners is excellent. Uh, you see, <laughs> you see XY, oh, not KY, XY, um, <laughs> flying over um, afterburners in over a rock. But then after he's done and still taking his action and things like that against uh, a seer, uh, range one, it was excellent move. Uh, one of the best moves I've seen. Darren Grange was actually commentating on that game. It was brilliant to watch. Um, so, yeah, you can do a lot with it. I think it's really good. Um, yeah. It's one of those lists where I look, I'm looking at now. I think, like, who who do you go for first? <coughs> right? Well, I suppose, like, the, the Nantex is... Um, would be the squishiest like but grievous is possibly the scariest because mm. you don't want grievous just flanking in at you and just doing tons and tons of damage but at the same time you can't kill him really look <laughs> you, at that bill you don't you don't really want to be tracted and dbs 404 being at range one either <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah I mean, it's, it's good from that perspective so that's I mean, one of dan slobs you know rules of list building <laughs> yeah. if you can't pick out which ship you want to die first you've done something right I mean, DBS 404 is great. Like I said, he is I, uh, I4, so, you know, you, still, you can still avoid him. But, um, uh, you know, it, it, it is, it's, an, it's interesting because, you know, you come in, you, you're not a threat realistically at range three with that ship. Mm-hmm. So at range three, you're probably going to be concentrating on the others. But then by the time he's not a threat at range three, you've ignored him. He's coming to range one. So you're like, oh, should I have ignored him? So DBS is potentially a target, especially with like, no, you know, only two green dice. 
you know, no shields. It, it might be worth shooting DBS first, but you know, who knows? Um, I don't know the right answer to that. If I'm honest with you, um, yeah. <clears throat> but it's, it is interesting. So, Imperium plating. Just we were discussing before we actually started rec- um, recording about Imperium plating and if it's worth it or not. And just we actually went and checked on the wiki about the damage deck. How many cards are pilot crits and how many are ship crits? And there's eight pilot crits, meaning there's 25 of the 33 are ship crits. So that, it actually triggers quite a lot. Yeah, it just never seems to trigger when I fly it. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I mean, there's some there's some good lists in this. I mean, within 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 the top eight, um, Dom Flanagan came second in Swiss, done really well. Uh, good mate of mine, Dom. You know, I talk to him about lists all the time. He's, <laughs> um, he's got uh, the same list as Knuckles. Um, uh, from the Birmingham Barons from Worlds. So it's mm-hmm. Chertek with Ensnare, uh, three Trade Federation drones with Discord missiles, uh, the Sofa Droid, so DFS 311 with Grappling Struts and Captain Sear, Solus One and Kraken. Um, really good list. <clears throat> now, after speaking to Dom, he said like he killed a lot of ships with Discords over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, killed Grand Inquisitor, killed... Um, Vader killed, you know, Vinny. He, he just he just rinsed people with those Discord missiles. So it's showing that Discord missiles really are a good thing. You know, they're a good tool. And it's just that people haven't been using them that much. Yeah. I mean, lo- at least locally to us, Rob Ram has been using them a bit in his kind of swarm that he runs. And, uh, yeah, they're good. Once they're on you, it's a real pain in the arse. Yeah. I mean, if you and- line them up right, they're, they're, they're amazing. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, sli- I thought this sli- worked slightly differently, but um, Dom explained how they were working and how how they were able to kill these ships. So I was like, well, I was quite impressed. So that's another one. Um, Kylo, quick draw, Tavison, not a surprise. Darth Vader, two Inquisitors and Grand Inquisitor, again, not a surprise. So, you know, the, a lot of stuff we've seen at Worlds was what we're seeing again now mm-hmm. yeah i mean surprisingly a venny actually made it into the top eight a, a venny a lulo and a tally so you know rich polly will be getting excited there venny and lulo with pattern analyzer very interesting yeah um it's an interesting one um it's the ray build though it's not the rose build either so it's the Ray build, Veteran Turret Gunner, Perceptive Co-Pilot, Pattern Analyzer, Proton Bombs, and Seismic Charges. Um, I'm assuming to combat Swarm, but looking down the list, there wasn't that many Swarms. So No, not too many. He's done quite well to, to get up into the top eight. He's done really well. Yeah, and then we of course have to give a shout out to Jake Barker, who won the whole thing. Yep. He had uh, Plo Koon with 7B and R2 Astromech, Obi-Wan with Sense, 7B and R2 Astromech, and then Rick with Predator and R2. So kind of a pretty classic triple aces, triple or double Jedi and Rick list you've seen, although Plo Koon isn't that that common. Um, Plo Koon has started uh, to become a lot more common uh, of late. I've seen him in a lot more lists. Um, his ability seems to be really effective and as well against Nantexes and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's why we're starting to see him a lot. Um, I know there's other people trialling him um, and I've seen quite a lot of lists with Plo Clune recently. Um, it's getting 
since Worlds, I think it's been getting more, more and more uh, <coughs> common. Definitely, yeah, and I think he's just like he's quite reasonably priced for his um, his i five as mm. well. I mean, it's interesting that he finished seventh in Swiss, but then and then <clears throat> went and won the whole thing. You know, so he, he was three and two on the day um, in Swiss, and then went and obviously went went through the top eight without a problem. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I wonder if it, I wonder if he'd, he'd like not had that much practice with listening and then ended up getting better and better with the list throughout the day. I, I don't know. Quite possibly. I find, you know, if you're trying to learn a list, five games, the Swiss teaches you some lessons. So probably you just took those lessons on and utilized them in the top eight. It is interesting to see him win against, um, against Dale with double Nantex, you know, maybe they're not the, uh, anti ace killer. We thought they were, or at least not all ice. Although, maybe again, maybe ask Plow. Plow. I don't know. There's a lot of factors at play. Yeah. But again, um, it's with them all being I4s. You know what I mean? Obi-Wan, Rick at I5. True, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if he's careful enough and keeps at range, you know, he, he can he can get some some good uh, some good angles on some good shots on them. And, oh well, I mean, I suppose Obi's sense won't really make any odds. In the final, but yeah, R2 on each one of them. So even if he did get shots off on them, they're just flying away and regening, mm-hmm. which I really hate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate regen, <clears throat> but yeah, so yeah, so some, some good, some good, some good lists. And uh, well, speaking to Dom, and he said it was a really good time, and, and Dale put up a post and he said he really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. Cool, Portsmouth a little bit far for us, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, just a bit, just a bit. But, um, but Ireland turns out isn't. <laughs> a fair but, point, well made. Um, so yeah, well, I think that's enough for today's episode. Um, mm-hmm. So all I say is goodbye from Cole. Ta-da. And goodbye from myself. Uh, Until the next time on the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. Ta-da.